Hello, and welcome back to the 2022 DP World Tour first show of the year, Daily Fantasy Sports Picks and Bets. I am Skylar Hoke. You can find me at DFS on Twitter. And I'm joined from over the pond by my good friend, Tom Jacobs. It is great to see you. Oh, it is wonderful. I, I've missed these Monday evenings, uh, or Tuesday evenings. It's Tuesday today. That's even how much I'm out of uh, out of kilter here. Um, you know, we're live this time. Big event, uh, you know, the ABW Championship and uh, a new season, right? And there's a lot to be excited about. Absolutely. Um, you know, of course, it's been, what, five weeks, maybe six weeks since we've last uh, done our show. Unfortunately, one of the most exciting parts of the year was taken away from us. We didn't get a chance to to pour one out for the South African swing that had two rounds of its promised 12 for us. Um, Fortunately, COVID did take that away, not from just us, but, you know, a lot of the players that we are looking forward to having a huge year in 2022. Um, so I guess from the top, you know, I, I'm not coming in with any race to Dubai selections um, as, you know, we've had some odds that are available, um, not really many stateside, but, um, you know, just such a, a amazing start to a season that we have here with bigger events off the top. But, you know, the longevity of what we're going to provide each and every event is just something to look forward to every week. Yeah, I think it's one of those ones where it kind of feels like cheating for the DP World Tour that you've got kind of Rory, Morikawa and Hovland to start the year, right? And and this is something that, guys, we don't want to get used to that because we love the intricacies of the DP World Tour and, and the long shots that people don't know and the, and, and the regulars that we're not going to see as much in these kind of events and focusing. But... You know, it's great for the two or three weeks that it happens, right? And the best thing about it for us is that it boosts the value of everyone else down the odds board. Um, so as anyone that's probably watched this show, they probably know that we're not going to be going straight off the top of the favourite. Um, maybe to our fool's errand, but, uh, you know, there's plenty to like about it. Uh, new golf course as well, something for us to dive into. Um, not sure how much you know about Yaslink. So I was certainly, it's a lot of guesswork for me and just reading a lot of quotes and, and things like that. But uh should be a good should be a good course, good good venue for the uh, for the tournament. Yeah, hundred percent agree. Um, without further ado, I'd always like to plug. Um, kind of the support that we can get from our loyal listeners. We had so much fun interacting with everybody. Please feel free, you know, pound us in the chat. We can answer questions throughout. Um, you can follow us on Twitter, like I mentioned mine off the top. Tom, what's your Twitter? Uh, Tom Jacobs ninety three. Perfect. Okay, and if you can like. Uh, subscribe, rate, review. Uh, if you're listening to us, of course, live on YouTube right now, this will also go on Daily Fantasy Sports Picks and Bets, the mix audio version. Um, you can find us on there every single week if you're more of a podcast listener. So we appreciate the support from the top and looking forward to interacting in chat. And one perk of doing it on Tuesday as well as DraftKings salaries are out. We have some decent contests available for the week. So we don't really have to write off the top of the board from our analysis standpoint. We can talk a little bit on who we prefer, maybe from a DFS perspective. But um, let's dive into Yas Links to your point. Um, new course this year, not something that we have seen uh, as we kick off, you know, in Abu Dhabi. Uh, we're going to be looking at a par 72, uh, right about the same length of what we dealt with before, 7,400 ish yards uh, for the week. But this one is its own island that's on Yas Island, right? I believe it was what we're going to do. And it's going to be some wind over the course of the week. Really excited how it plays out. But uh, Kyle Phillips designed outside of that, though, we're just kind of playing a guessing game. Um, what are your thoughts right now on the course? So basically, the, the the main thing that I've kind of gone to is King's Barnes. It's, it's part of the, the Alfred Dunhill Links rotor. Every single guy that you hear talking about Yas Links talks about King's Barnes to the point where Graham McDowell actually said that when he shuts his eyes, he can see plenty of King's Barnes, which makes absolutely no sense and every sense at the same time. Um, so, yeah, I think that's the best thing to, to focus on. It certainly wasted a lot into my selections this week. Um, just a word on some other courses that he's done. He did the Grove, which is 2016 British Masters. Uh, Vadura, I think it's called the the, the Rocco Forte Sicilian Open 2017-2018 as well and he's also done a couple of the Dutch Open courses particularly the one that we just saw in 2021 um, you know we had some exciting golf there so just that might just allude to some of the picks that we're going to make uh, further down the board um, but certainly I think I think it's great right that it's actually going to be what seems to be a fairly true links test um, as much as it can be outside of you know the British Isles um, and yeah I think I think it's going to be great. Yeah. Um, you know, first question pops in the chat regarding um, cut rule for the DP World Tour. 
Um, same as what we work on the PGA tour. You know, he said 132 players. Nope. It's going to be that T65 rule. I know it events, it, it differs a couple of times between 65, 60, 70, but similar to the PGA where about half that field is going to be cut for us. Um, it's great to see you guys, you know, Trevor gave us some love, David Harrison. Um, good to see you guys there. Patterson's in the chat already given us a Guido chant. So, you know, we're on <laughs> the year as we get going, but, um, you know, so let's, let's walk through then the, the top of the board, I guess, you know, if you see the odds board, you know, Colin Morikawa, the longest we had him this morning, stateside was seven and a half to one. Rory McIlroy, eight to one. Victor Hovland, 11 to one, respectively on DK. It goes Rory Morikawa, then Hovland at 10.9, 10.8, and 10.5. Um, pretty, you know, decent DFS prices for favorites in a field. Do you have a pick of the litter? Just take the, the the value guy in Hovland, right? I think, and I think that's what everyone's going to do, especially in fantasy. Everyone's going to take the 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 value in Hovland over over Morikawa and Rory. Um, in terms of ownership, it's it's not kind of my uh, forte, if you like. But if I was just taking one um, to to actually win the tournament, I'd go Victor Hovland. You know, he's been rock solid, hasn't he? He's, he's winning tournaments left, right, and centre. Keeps getting sort of criticised for not winning the mainland America or, or whatever, or a big European tour event, whatever. He's going to do it. It's just a matter of time. It's the sample size of how many events he's played. He's winning where he should do uh, and certainly contending where he should as well. Um, with that said, you know, you can't ever count out the guys like Rory McIlroy and Colin Murakawa. Um, Colin might make Rory rip his shirt again. Um, hopefully not. You know, hopefully he keeps his head this time. But uh, yeah, I mean, look, I'm not going to bet any of them this week. I don't think that's going to be a shock to anybody. I don't think you're going to be doing the same either. Um and I just think, I think actually that the new golf course might bring some volatility to it because if you look back over the years, it, it's gone to a top grade winner. I mean, it's been Tommy Fleetwood, Tommy Fleetwood, Tyrrell Hatton, Roy McIlroy, you know, Lee Westwood, you know, and, and what it is, is, you know, you just don't see even the year that Gary Stoll won or Gary Stowell, who's someone that, you know, people wouldn't be familiar with. I mean, Martin Kymer should have won that. It was probably one of the biggest meltdowns. Uh, in history. So, you know, uh, Roy McIlroy hasn't actually won this event. He's come second a couple of times, four times, in fact. Uh, Ricky Fowler was the other name I was looking for. But, um, you know, it's, it is it is one of those where it just it, it just goes to it. Hatton, Westwood, Lowry, Fleetwood, Fleetwood, Fowler. And you think, okay, that's the president for the tournament. But you move that over to a Lynx course, bit of wind on a Friday, uh, especially over the cut line. And I start to think there could be uh, some different results. Yeah, I think my my choice would be in, in DFS. And I think, I guess, addressing overall strategy is, you know, we, we talk about ownership, you know, till we're blue in the face often on PGA. And those contests are about 10, 15, 20 times the size of the European contest, un unfortunately. You know, uh, yeah. some weeks that you might get an off week on the PGA Tour, you'll get boosted uh, DP World Tour contests. But we're just not going to see 100K to first, you know, 200K to first. Those rarely are going to exist in this world. So I think... Um, basing your lineups on ownership is very difficult because one, it's tough to predict often. Yep. And two, the contests aren't that big enough. They're going to be duplicating everybody's lineups. So um, I, I don't worry about that too much. Um, but I think my choice, I, I, I mean, Hovland makes sense getting a little bit of value. I think Morikawa, just the way he adapts to any golf course, you know, yeah. in front of him is somebody I just don't have a worry with not that, you know, you really worry about Rory anytime walks up, but you know, I just think if I'm going to be paying up, I'll find a way to find that $400 um, to Colin Morikawa. But the real interesting range, I think to me is these next three here. Um, I could spend all day talking about Shane Lowry, Tyrrell Hatton and Tommy Fleetwood, because I think all three, if you gave a good argument, could be outright bets. All three are fantastic DraftKings plays. Um, who would be your top choice of those three? Yeah, I mean, like you say, he's a really tough thing. One, one thing on Morikara is he does seem to have found a little bit of pressure when it comes to the world number one. does does concern me slightly. Um, but it's Colin Morikara, right? And, it, and it's a different kind of tournament. Next three, I debated this for a long time, and it, and it took a lot to not include one of these in the betting picks. Tommy Fleetwood makes all the sense in the world, right? Like it's a, it's a linksy test. That's going to help him. But then that helps both Larry and Hatton as well. I would probably take Hatton of the three. I think he's the best value. Again, it seems like I'm just going for the cheaper guy of the three, but I actually think he showed a little bit over the last two tournaments that we hadn't seen from him for, for a few weeks, especially at the Ryder Cup as well. 
Um, and Fleetwood, I think the jury's still out on him. And Lowry, I can just never get right. So um, I would always just avoid him. Yeah. So I, I, I tend to agree where I, I see in, in the chat. I think it's uh, Jack, Jack Frost, uh, if, you're, if you're a winner, movie <laughs> fan. Um, but so I'm not somebody to really be backing Shane Lowry too often. Um, I think he's played better than often he gets priced however again getting over the line for a win but then he does it at the open championship and it's like he has these massive wins so there is win equity in his career but it's just not somebody that i've seen enough to to better 22 to, to better 25 you know it's not there tyrell and fleetwood was very close for me i i think the, the best way, and you've taught me this over, over time, is I like looking at regional kind of stuff when it comes to, especially a long break. We have nothing to go off of. And I'm not somebody who makes my own odds and then compares and only bets on, on the differences. You know, I wouldn't be spending 60 minutes talking if, if I came, you know, for that. That's just not the way that uh, I approach things. Um, people who probably make more money than, than I do because yeah. they, they know they're, what they're doing in, in that they're, sense. They're smarter people than us, Sky. Um, so, make, well, I'm speaking for myself there, actually. <laughs> but, but I like your point in the fact that you do have, there is a certain element of gut instinct, right? In the, you know, you have to, in the case of a Hatton versus Fleetwood, you look at Fleetwood, he's won the event twice, he played for everyone in the Middle East, and then you go, well, Hatton's done exactly the same thing. He's won twice in the Middle East and won here in this event. Um, and then you go, okay, which one's better at links? And then you go, well, actually, that's quite hard to, to differentiate as well. Um, so it, it really is a tough decision. I, because of that, I basically just avoided both of them, which yeah. which I'm not going to do in fantasy, right? I, I would probably, I wouldn't I wouldn't hate starting lineups with Tyrrell Hatton. I don't think that's a bad move. Um, you know, like you say, and, and I appreciate the point that you don't really need to worry about ownership. And I think a lot of that, which is unique to us, is that there's not many people doing DraftKings DP World Tour content, right? So there's right. not a lot to drive ownership. So people really just go with the name. So I guess that I guess that a Shane Lowry would probably garner a lot more ownership than Thomas Peters because people have forgotten about Thomas Peters. People are just getting into DP World Tour don't remember when Thomas Peters was at his peak and at the Ryder Cup and you know that there's gonna be names down the board that this is going to be relevant to I think everyone kind of knows all these guys here probably right down to you know maybe Sam Horsfall and Sean Crocker probably when people start getting uh you know a little bit confused but um you know it it, it is interesting um I haven't really given you a definitive answer yet between those have you but I would say Tara Hatton so this is where I'm starting off 2022 on a new foot here I, I don't believe I've ever taken You're not betting Guido Migliozzi. <laughs> oh, oh, come on. Man. That's, <laughs> that's, that's crazy talk. But I don't think I've ever picked Tommy last year since we've started this show. And it's somebody that uh, you can make similar points that I said about Lowry to, to Tommy, maybe even worse since, you know, he really hasn't gotten over the line in that type of event. Like Lowry yeah. has maybe multiple times, but it just feels... It's a field thing. I think you, you look at the links play, you look at how he's done in this area of, of the world. You look at who you trust at the end of the day in the wind from, from spending the time watching these guys. And then the, the, the real tiebreaker for me was it seemed like Tommy did find something to close out his year last year. Results weren't, you know, top 10 after top 10, after top 10, he broke in there a couple of times. However, his approach play was the best stretch that he had finished on all year long. It, the ball striking of what we know and love of Tommy Fleetwood just was not there to start off, you know, basically in 2020 and 2021, you know, since, since middle of that year, it was like a 12 month span, but we, we ended up seeing it the last line of the year. It was even better than Lowry's who was, was pretty good. Hatton's wasn't near the same of those guys. So I think there's just a little bit more to end the year off of. And he's the longest of the three. So 28 to one, Tommy Fleetwood is going on my betting card. Uh, Jeff Feinberg is probably given a couple pumps for us too, as he always loves to bet Tommy lad, but I, I had to plant my flag on somebody. And, and I think I really, really like him up here. So the other thing I, I kind of like about Tommy as well, that, that I'm sure you've probably considered, um, is this kind of the fact that he's so close to, to dropping out of the top 50, right? Like it's not, I don't, I don't know the kind of weightings and, and how that could happen and, and things like that, because you know, that the Nosferatu and people like that are much better, but he's, he's 41st in the world, right? In, in the world rankings. And at some point there's a wake up call, you know, we've seen it with 
Ricky Fallon, very similar kind of person on, on the PGA Tour, I think, in terms of comparisons. The both have been major contenders, haven't quite got over the line, haven't won the tournament people expect them to do, etc. Um, both gone off the boil a little bit. It when you look at Fleetwood's wider form, the problem's been on the PGA Tour, right? On 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 the DP World Tour, second in the Italian Open, seventh in the Dunhill Links, uh, you know, thirteenth in Dubai. Wasn't great at the DP World Tour, was disappointing there. Uh, and Hatton really bounced back from a terrible first round, which kind of gave me the hope for him because you talk about Tommy's approach numbers. And actually, I haven't really looked at the approach numbers as much this time around because there's just that that such a long layoff and, and it is a quite oh, yeah. considerable layoff. And and not to say that isn't a good reason. You've got to do something right. You've got to find something. Um, but, but for me, I was thinking just Tyrrell Hatton could probably reset and just come out here and do well. So... Of, of the three, I, I would take Tyrrell Hatton, completely respect. I mean, Jason on, on the Lost Words podcast was basically all pro Tommy Fleetwood. Like he, he's like you, doesn't ever back him um, and couldn't find a reason not to. So I think he played well at the Grove when the British Masters was there. Uh, obviously, he played well in Abu Dhabi, won twice. Um, you know, there's everything to like about him. So going to the mid-range here, um, again, kind of a, a littered of talent mid-range. Um, DraftKings pricing, I'm going to read these guys off in order to, to roll out the rest of the 9Ks. You know, we can't be walking through all 135 guys in this field here, but I think it's worthwhile of kind of your favorite 9K play. And if there is anybody else from the outrights, um, the odds actually aren't even correlated with the way they're priced here. But Bob McIntyre, 9,600. Thomas Peters, 9,500. Adam Scott, 9,300. EVR. Eric Van Royen, 9,200. Min Woo Lee, 9,100, and Bern Wiesberger, 9K flat. Funny enough, you know, Bob almost has the longest odds outside of EVR than anyone in there. He's also been probably steamed the most by some public bets. Um, but, you know, you see Adam Scott being the lowest outright. He's down to 30 to 1 at, at the longest anywhere here stateside. So I think he was very popular. But DraftKings prices came out for, before some of those moves. Who would be your favorite in this area? When Adam Scott uh, opened up at 50 to 1, I kind of tweeted about it saying how, you know, how excited I was at a kind of price for Adam Scott, right, in a, in a DP World Tour event. You know, all the big guys are here, but um, this is a guy who's had three top 14 finishes, last seven starts, should have won the Wyndham. Let's, let's be honest, he should have won that tournament. Um, but, uh, you know, Jeff Feinberg's been talking about him a lot, you know, how he expects him to have a big year. So I kind of CC'd him into that kind of tweet about the 50 to 1. Uh, I think he probably took it. But for me, it's Thomas Peters. I just think Thomas Peters is going to have a huge year, and it, and it, it's mainly Phil. I mean, you spent quite a lot of last season, um, sort of waiting for him to come back, weren't you? And, and you and you noticed a few things, and he, he kept popping, and then didn't quite do it. And all of a sudden, he sort of ended the year with that win uh, in the Portugal Masters, and then he came back at the the DP World Tour, and, and he shot an opening seventy three, but bounced back really well and played well to finish fifteenth. So to me, he's kind of just been piling on results, like ninth for Wentworth, ninth for the Dutch Open, which is another Carl Phillips design, as we spoke about earlier, 16th Mallorca, wins Portugal, not great at DP World Tour, but, you know, three top fives in this event in the past. Um, I, ju I just really like him. I just think it's a good place for him. I think that the 2023 World Cup, uh, World Cup, the Ryder Cup, is a realistic uh, aim for him and something that he will actually be going for. Um, and I think that if we can get an informed Thomas Peters, that'd be huge for, for the European team. I will throw this out now. If our fans or listeners want to meet at the 2023 Ryder Cup, I'm in. Let's get this going. Tickets, public sale are coming out soon. I will be happy, Tom and I. I think Tom already volunteered to paint, his paint it all green, and then I'll go red, and then Axis will go white. Um, you know, we'll get the whole flag out there for it. But um, so I, I agree. I think there's just the pedigree, of course, with Adam Scott. EPAT said he's 35 to one still um, on the score app, which is available here in the state States too. But I just, I still need a little bit more in my opinion, in this range. I, I like the angle with Peters. I hope he has a big year because we know the sky high upside. I, my first two bets almost break two rules that I was going. I, I wasn't allowing myself to bet Bob McIntyre at the latter half of last season. It was just something where we just never saw form really until the literally the last event of the year. I, I would dare say we never saw form out of Robert McIntyre. And 
the combination again of links pedigree and then um you know looking at form in the area tour tips the website you know sponsors lost for words with you guys you know, just a phenomenal resource you know brings in that course uh you know area I mean, bob mcintyre has what seven top 25s in a row in this area one of them being the fourth that finished here a third place another top 10 of course we know what he's done in the open championships he's not going to be afraid to play in the wind i just think a lot lines up 40 to one potentially low for for what it is but i can't get away DraftKings, he might be excessively priced in my opinion versus some of those we could use another three four or five hundred dollars especially if you're jamming in fleetwood hatton lineups together you're gonna have to drop down but bob is probably my number one when i was just going down the same route of fleetwood it was like i just can't not make this decision on betting him here my slight problem with mcintyre and i and I and I was the opposite of you. I was trying to talk myself into backing McIntyre this year and, and kind of putting my previous predispositions about him uh, behind me because I think he is kind of coming out of those. And and it looked for a long time, you know, we mentioned that he was going for the PGA Tour card through the Corn Ferry. And, he, and he, you know, he got caught up in it, right? It's, it's very easy to see. Uh, then he finished 24th in Dubai, warmed up for the DP World Tour Championship, finished tied fourth. And it worried me how he was on the final day. Like he shot 71 and... and but many people struggled, like it wasn't just him. Um, but it, it just, it's the putter, right? It, and and he, he looked, he's always having a go at himself saying, like, oh, I was so close. And it's like, it didn't even touch the hole. Like, it, was no, it wasn't even on the right line. Like, and, and that concerns me. But he will just put it together. Like, ultimately, you, you find these golfers that he has the, the, the modern day skill set, you know, hits the ball incredibly well, flushes his irons, you know, when he's on form, um, has a great short game when he needs it. And the only concern for me is that, like you said, he's, he's 9,600 here on, on DraftKings. Um, and I think, I don't know what quite, we've got some 40 to one over here, but I think he dropped to 30 to one in most places. Um, Bernd Wiesberg writes 9,000. And and I don't quite know why he's not the same, if not more expensive than, than McIntyre, which, you know, if ownership was a thing as much on, on the DP World Tour, then, then that would probably be a pivot play for me because... Everyone knows Robert McIntyre, and, and people, everyone knows Bern Wiesberg, who just played in the Ryder Cup, right? But I just think that he's probably being overlooked a little bit based on maybe one bad week. Yeah, yeah. I think the only understanding of ownership normally comes from everybody betting the same guy. And then if they're really highly priced, I think that could be, and I, like, if Bob is going to continue to get this steam here, maybe this is an opportunity where you would look to other comparable plays in the 9Ks. Like, I, I wouldn't galaxy brand it though. If you're really big into McIntyre, still definitely get your exposure on yeah, DraftKings to him. Yeah. But the other standout play to me, and we bet him a ton down the stretch. Maybe we is a stretch. I I bet him, I think, about a month straight. Um, I almost actually, for those that took in the Mayo Media, the the draft that we did over here. Uh, some of the U.S. guys in the last selection, I wanted to pick one guy in the DP World Tour that I thought would make an impact. I just don't know if the starts are going to get there. But Min Woo Lee, man, he would be my Peters of of the range where, I mean, he could win the race to buy. He could be top 30 at the end of the year, you know, making regular start stateside. His talent is sky high. Had a nice warm up last week in his home open, finishing inside the top 10. I think inside the top five, I think he finished fourth. Jed Morgan uh, ran away with that thing. But uh, it was nice, you know, just to get out there, get some competitive rounds under your belt. He comes with a phenomenal short game. Somebody who grew up playing all the time in the win. If you remember his first ever win, win was just, you know, absolutely blowing Brutal. stingers yeah. that he had <laughs> to hit will be useful this week. And then where's this other win come? Links track, Scottish Open. Open, you know, where he he really, you know, thrived in the elements. So I think it's a phenomenal combination between those two. Is he the most consistent week to week? Potentially not, but he had that stretch to end the year that was sky high. I think he could start the year again like that. And then if that happens, I, I could easily see a, a meteor type of year. He's going to Augusta already. Um, so I'm putting a flag plant on Minwoo for the whole season, I think. Uh, but eventually, we're just not going to get these numbers to bet on him. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing for me with Minwoo Lee was in terms of long-term, you know, race to Dubai, I just wonder how he's going to be in the majors this year. Like, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a new arena for, for the most part. Um, 
And, you know, the Open Championship will suit him. Uh, Augusta will probably suit him. Um, you know, whether he can do it in the stateside on, on the PGA and US Open remains to be seen. Um, lightly running these sort of events as well. And I just, I, I think I said to you before, before we took the break over Christmas, like, I will just wait for him to do it in these events because I'm, I'm pretty sure he can and I've got no issues with him. But how much shorter is he realistically going to get from a betting perspective, I think for DraftKings, you, you probably do want to play him, but he's, he's 35 to 1 already this week, going down to 28 to 1. And, and Colin Morikawa, Rory, and, and Hovland are all in the field. There's going to be a really strong field in Dubai. If he has one average week this week, can we just go and take him to Dubai? I know, so I know that's the kind of strategy that I've taken for so long, and it, it seems to not pay off because I just miss the guys eventually. But I, I do think that he can go out to kind of a, a when he gets stuck like a 50 or a 61 for a tournament, even if he goes and plays on the PGA Tour and gets to like an 80 or 100, like I, I would probably just take him there because um, I think that the value is slowly going on him. You know, we talk about, like when I compare him to Peters, like Pete, I know what Peters' upside is. I know that Peters has done it in these tournaments at major championships, like two top sevens of major championships, Ryder Cup player. I think Mimu Lee has got that and Will has that and obviously has won two tournaments. I just, I do want to see him do it in these Middle Eastern swings. Yep. Yep. I agree. Um, and you have a little bit more juice there to squeeze. Um, again, I, I think we hit a range now in, in the eight K's where we're not going to go player by player, have a couple questions on a few guys in here that will hit. Uh, I don't think either of us have any outright selections for any eight K players, but right here, uh, Mats Thur wanted to talk about Nikolai Huygard. Um, I saw yep. he was a pretty decent selection from a popularity. He's available still 55 to one on DraftKings, a stunning 8,200 thoughts on Nikki. Yeah. I mean, look, everything I've just said about Mimu Lee has to be applied to, to Nicholas Huygard, right? Like I can't, I can't say what I've just said about Mimu Lee and not say about Nikolai Huygard. I think that, I think not only is he more consistent than the Minwoo Lee, he's more consistent even than his twin brother, which is is something that we've spoken about an awful lot. I think his, his goal swing stacks up better. I think Rasmus is probably going to go out to the PJ Tour and kind of get stuck between the two, and, and Nikolai might stay over here and and really grind away and get the results. So, long term perspective, love Nikolai this week, uh, this year. Sorry, uh, this week. The numbers great. Like, I, th I think the numbers pretty good. I think from an outright perspective, fifty five. Five to one fifties is, is pretty good. Uh, from eight thousand two hundred, you've got to put him in lineup, so he's going to be perfect for that. Um, I think he's going to give you uh, decent upside in that range, um, especially you know I, I liked JV Hansen before the salaries came out, and you know eighty seven hundred's quite a bit higher than than the eighty two hundred that the Hoy guard is. So um, yeah, I, I, he's fine. Like I think he'll play well. I just don't know what the uh, what was going to happen this week. Yeah. I think that's a fair assessment. Um, sky high potential, very valuable um, on DraftKings perspective, where again, just don't overthink some of those plays. Um, look at it. Another question that we had um, was looking at Lori Cantor or Sean Crocker. Do either of them fit this golf course? I'll take this one. Um, I would lean on the no. There are some of the best drivers, you know, in, I think Lori Cantor is literally one of the best drivers in the world. He is phenomenal. I mean, Crocker, that's the name of his game. I think you just need more of a short game here. And that is where both of those guys uh, struggle mightily. I mean, if it wasn't for having to putt um, and maybe chip sometimes, those guys would probably be in the top five players on the tour. Um, so I, I have a tough time getting there on courses. If, if you get a, a really demanding off the tee course in a really strong field, I, I would be betting these guys weekly, you know, hundred to one, you know, 80 to one. I, I think both of those guys can be extremely valuable in those type of fields when it's demanded on a, a Valderrama, a, a, you know, something like, I mean, Valderrama, I guess really means short game, but you, you, you've seen Crocker, compete there because you need the driving but any of those courses type of things i think those guys can compete with the best in the world this this week is just not not for me there no i mean look i i basically echo everything you say like if if crocker won and um i wasn't on there's 110 to one over here um any one i would probably be uh pretty upset the amount of times that we bet him laurie cancer i'll just let win like i i have no real uh Affiliation to Laurie Cantor, I appreciate the, the skills that he has. I do think it's overblown a little bit. I think he succeeded a lot when the 
the, the tour was reduced in, in who was playing, in, in the fact that they played a lot of resort courses, has played well since it kind of went back to normal. Obviously, had that chance at Wentworth, but we saw how that went down. Um, I need to see him win to, to think of any sort of winning upside. Like, I would pretty much trust everybody in that 8K range over him to win, uh, maybe barring Crocker, interestingly. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I mean, you are looking for the right skill set. He has it. But like you say, I think both of them are probably better when, a bit like a, to give an analogy for people that, you know, don't maybe follow DP World as much, like a Corey Connors or an Abraham Anza, like they're, they're much better when when it gets tough because their elite ball striking will come to the fore. Um, that's how I'd play those guys. Yep, that's a great analogy um, there when looking at it. Um, I don't think you need to spend a ton of time on the 8Ks because we really like some of these guys up top. We're going to be jamming them into the lineups. You know, even the 9Ks, we, we had multiple picks. I think this range, you mentioned Joaquin B. Hansen. He's in here. Um, that could be a decent value at 8,700. You know, shout out him for giving us a winner to close out last season. Um, but I, I think my other selection from a, just a pure value standpoint is I just think Ian Poulter's a better player than a lot of the guys he's surrounded by with. I think a ton of them have upside, the consistency you get out of Poulter, the short game that we know out of him. I would trust him the most here. Um, but let's go into the sevens. Um, I would say one of the hotter discussions potentially has been Victor Perez so far. Did you have any takes there? Is just due to his Alfred Dunhill kind of success? Um, I didn't see it too much, but I, I did see some sharp people on Victor Perez. So Victor Perez came up because he opened up at 100 to 1 and then quickly went down to kind of 66, which is probably what it should be. Um, still, nine, still 90 to 1 over here in the States. Yeah, and, and, and there's... He has that winning upside that you always want from a from a long shot bet, right? Um, we know he can do it. He lost a lot of momentum when he missed that, that Ryder Cup. Like you could just tell, it, the energy just got sucked out of him. Forty ninth of Wentworth, miscut, miscut, miscut. One of those being at the Dunhill links. Then he kind of brought it back with an eight for the Portugal, twenty fourth in Dubai Championship. Then we struggled at the DP World Tour as well. Um, I would be careful waiting the. The Dunhill links so much, uh, and it's, I'm kind of going to contradict myself as I go on with my picks. But he shot an eight under there in 2019 at King's Barnes when he won, and you know that was great. And I, I just want to see guys that have done it a couple of times. And I think that he's not this kind of links specialist. Like we've got people that we're going to come on to later that that are constantly playing well at the, at the Dunhill links, have constantly played well in you know in the Middle East, and he hasn't really done either of those it's just that if you think back and he finished ninth at the players championship and you think back and you finished fourth at the wgc um you know hsp champions and the match play right it's just he's had these really high spike weeks and i think he's still capable of that i just wonder whether he needs to get it out of his system the disappointment last year um probably beneficially wasn't that Ryder cup team considering what happened but um yeah i i, I would leave victor Perez alone until he's done something yeah, so uh, you know we had Mark Allen wanting some some hard fades. I, I'm gonna probably step away from from Victor Perez if you went in the eight Ks. Um, I, I think you know we mentioned Crocker just being pretty overpriced uh, on a DFS standpoint. You know, 8800 was big for that. Um, I would probably lean Alexander Bjork. Um, yeah, I don't. I think I think I'm just the eight K range is just not where I'm I'm really planting a flag overall this week, because I think there's a lot of value down low and I just love uh, the guys up top. So overall for me, I know, you know, kind of your selections are a little bit, the remaining are a little bit down lower here. Um, so I think that's kind of where our, our fades are is just kind of this, this middling 8k range. Um, as we go into the sevens, uh, the, the one price that seems a little wrong to me, even though I don't know if his game best fits. Dean Burmeister is, is sitting here at 7,600. Um, he's 66 to one in, in outright markets, closed the year very strong. Again, may not be the skill set that I would want to have here, but at some point, you know, when a number is wrong, a number is wrong. Um, would you have any interest in playing him at that price in DFS? So uh, just going quickly, just going back to the 8K range, I think as much as it pains me, I'd probably step away from Westwood. Yeah, like just, I agree. Just, I agree. Just the way he's been playing. Um, and he could just 
he could just flip the script, right? But yeah, he's he's been bad for a little while now. Uh, back to Dean Burmester, played incredibly last season, right? Played some really good golf. Um, has that extraordinary run of form at the DP World Tour Championship. Played well at the Dunhill Links. Um, finished tied seventh. Can't remember what he shot at Carnoustie, but I can't. It, it can't have been great because he only shot 70, 69, 71. Um, in the first three days and then shot 65 in the final round. Missed the cut of the Dutch Open, which is another Phillips design. So for me, I would probably avoid Dean Burmester for now. I think that he's probably getting a little bit of... He would probably be a popular pick, I imagine, in this range. Um, the trouble is that it, it, you kind of... You can just mix a lot of things in this range, right? Because of what you're going to be doing up top, there's, there's a lot you can be doing. There's a lot in this 7K range. I've got... You know, plenty of favourites that I want to pick from there. A lot of them are kind of long-term picks more than anything. I wonder what to do with Adrian Aus this week, um, which is pretty much every week on the DP World Tour. Yeah, he's like somebody who just fits the mold of you better when he's long because you, you think that, you know, he probably has that ability no matter the course, no matter the time to do it. But uh, I'm going to maybe, maybe be better this year on not betting golfers that, I don't know if they, they can do it. Um, that's a that's a that's a harsh statement because I really but love that, but, Nassau, no, but, but that that's what it is, right? Him, Laurie Cantor, um, oh, at the moment, Parker, Sean yeah. Crocker, um, Jordan Smith is someone that will always come out and models uh, eventually when when they get a bit more steam on on the DP World Tour. Will always flash, right? Uh, Francesco Laporta towards the end of the season all had very good opportunities. But as we joked about for for the first few weeks on the on the then European Tour show, Richard Bland is someone that didn't do it until he was forty eight years of age. So uh, these guys have got plenty of time on their side. Um, yeah, I, I would I would I want to play him because it goes against my gut instinct, and I've had a little bit of success this year in just like Seamus Power last week on the PJ Tour, slightly different, but. I'm a big course form guy and I'm trying to step away from that. Like he, everything fit and I went with him. Uh, Adrian Aus's current form is, is, is pretty steady. Um, you know, tied eight, tied nine to finish second at the open de Espana. Yes. He should have won, um, which, is, which is the obvious point, but at this range to pay off, he's not going to need to win. Right. Um, and, and there's not I many. That's, winning that's a good point right there is you don't need to win when you're priced right here and you can, the way he goes about his game, tons of birdies, you know, tons of bogeys, but that pays off the salary. You know, I think Sam Horsfield, another one of those, he's priced a little bit too much again this week where Horsfield's up at 8,900. But if you get those events where Horsfield is down into the sevens, you know, he, he outscores his finish finishing position very regularly. So I think Audrey or Nas can be someone like that. I'll get one more take from you on another golfer price at 7,600 was a little surprised I didn't see Danny Willett on your on your card this week. I just think there's events, right, for Danny Willett. Like, I think the Dunhill links is it when he's 100 to 1 for that. That's absolutely fine. Um, but when you pop him in that that location form that we, we spoke about, he will pop up in that. Um, I'm trying to think of what he's done here. It's... I've just got it up here in these very small fonts that my eyes don't want to see at this time of night. Um... Danny Willett, where are you? It's not good that I can't find him. Okay, so he finished 16th last year, um, which is good. And other than that, he's been pretty disappointing. And that, for me, is enough to fade him. Like I think that he telegraphs... We well, don't need to fade him, right? He's not that kind of price. But that he telegraphs where he's going to play well. He always has done. You know what he's going to do. So it, it won't be as much as... You think links and you think Danny Willett, I don't really need to. I think he's a, he's an old core specialist and things like that. It's not necessarily uh, playing well here. So no to Danny Willett for me. Very fair. Regretfully. Um, that's fair. We're going to be running into, um, you know, the best price player in the tournament, somebody that they're willing to give 160 to one on here in the States. They're begging us to bet Guido Migliazzi. And trust me, I am running to the books with my money because I had to wait a long time for this, Tom. I mean, that's a, that's way too long for someone not to have any cash on Guido. I mean, I could have, I guess, put him on the races to buy, could have masters future him, a U.S. open, you know, he's in those, events. Yeah, you, could have done. you know, no big deal. I mean, he remember we finished fourth at Torrey Pines. Yeah. That was, you know, just nothing, but um, you know, Guido for those 
being your first time listening, um, he is my lover boy. It won't be the, it, it won't be the last time you hear him. Yes. He's <laughs> going to be all year long, every week, until we see sub 30 to 1. Even then, I'll probably bet him. But, you know, he's somebody who hits the odds board more often than most in my opinion you know from even though he didn't win last year you see him on the order of merit when you're getting into the entry list and it's like oh i was waiting for him out now he's the second one on that side of it but he's going to be in every single event this year i think in these bigger events he's got sky high upside we've seen him win multiple times in his career he's just been a winner um so that's just to me somebody i'm going to continue to stick my money with and he's already way in the green even last year without a win for us um so Guido for sure, 7,500, love that price. Um, but we're gonna pick up the pace a little bit here um, as we're about 40 minutes in. Couple guys that stood out low seven Ks for me. Takumi Kanaya coming off a miserable miscut last week and Sony ripped people's hearts out with his final with his final few holes. Um, but I think it's an incredible price at 7,300, right about the same as what he was in the Sony Open. Um, so I think he is definitely going to be one DFS, um, Richard Bland is 7,300 as well, coming off of a knee surgery, I believe, right. Where, you know, based off of his year that he had, it's way too low of a price, but is his health all the way there? Maybe it's a worth the risk at that price. And then I want you to talk about our new, uh, you know, superstar, I guess, in a way from, you know, he, he had like a change 2021 was miserable and then 2022 he throws these glasses on with the big old frames and he's just out here shooting low 60s in hawaii i mean who is this how tong lee i think this is a bit like when james winston got uh what was laser eye surgery everyone just sleeps yes. and stop throwing interceptions right he put some glasses on suddenly you can find a hole um Kind of mentioned, you know, back to Takumi Kanaya. Um, a lot of people wanted to back him at the Sony last week. I kind of said I'd wait for him to get back to the DP World Tour. I bet him in play actually last week because he was four under and he was one of those guys that I thought could make a run and he missed the cut and I hate him. Um, but that's good. He'll come back here and do okay. Um, Adrian Moronk, I really like at 7,300 long term, whether it's here or not. Uh, Somebody did bring seen, up but Moronk. On- um- they, they said they're on the same Guido pathway with Moronk. They bet him until he's going to win. I think he is going to win this year. It might be, at a, might be at a course, though, like Crocker and Cantor that require that off the T skill a little bit more. But I think Moronk's got a better short game, a better putter than those guys do. I agree. I think I think he's a guy that just gets hot, right? You just get, you know, yeah. pile on five or six birdies. Um, how's on Lee? Right, let's, let's, let's dive in on how's on Lee. Let's, let's get it done. Um, he has, you know, he's just brilliant. He was great in links back in the day. Um, back in form now, as you just alluded to, with his Tony Open last week. Eight under at King's Barnes um, last year. Eight under as well on day one at the Rocco Forte Sicilian Open. Both Carl Phillips designs. He was third there that year uh, in that event. Uh, I love Hao Tong Lee. Like, I, I think he's a great, you know, great player. I think he's, I don't think the the pressure is extreme with someone like a Matsuyama, but when you're when you're a Chinese hope, uh, I think there's kind of a pressure that comes with that, especially when you're contending in major championships like he has done. Uh, if, if everyone remembers him getting bullied on the range for spending so much time there. Um, so, you know, I, I think that, I think the upside with Hao Tong Lee is a win. He, you know, he's beaten Roy McIlroy in the past. People might forget that. Is it 26 hours or something ridiculous? The flight from Hawaii to to Abu Dhabi. Um, I don't know whether that's stopping or whatever. I'm, I'm no you know flight path expert, but um, that would be my concern. And and the only thing I've done with Hudson Lee is that if he if you're going to bet him outright, just bet him first round leader as well because he might just be able to get through one round, bit of momentum, uh, and then just fatigue kicks in at the end. Uh, mentioned those that eight under at Kings Barnes, eight under at uh, the Dura as well. I think he can go low on the first day. So that's how I would play that. Yeah, and he easily could have been opened at half these odds based off what he was doing in the Sony. I thought, I thought they were going to put prices up early because, you know, we had this field for a little bit. Um, and if they would have, I bet, you know, how time would have been an instant bet being inside the top five, you know, most most of that event. But yeah, I think he's strong. And, and what was interesting about him, you know, he did finish the year with the second place in the Volvo China Open uh, yeah. on, the, on the Chinese Pro Tour, um, which is good to get that out of the way. And another person in this range, and they brought it up in chat for us here, um, who mentioned it? It was Seb Max brought up the fact that 
um, you know, that Kiradesh Afi Barnrat won an event to close out the year last year. I think he's got some sneaky form. We saw him at the BMW PGA. Maybe should have won that. Uh, that's harsh. Billy Horsley hey. played so well on Sunday. No, he, but, he should have won that. Yeah. Yeah. So Afi Barnrat, I think in this range, I think he's an exceptional play at 7,200. We have some of the old guys. Again, Richard Bland was in there, Charles Schwartzel, Henrik Stenson, mixed around with the young guys. But you have a selection who um, is really good off the tee too, but an evolving short game. I think last year was big, big steps for this golfer. Tom Shinkwin is a, is a guy that I like. Uh, you know, in terms of, of Link's pedigree, shot that 600 at Kings Barnes, and he was second at the Scottish Open uh, in 2017, lost in the playoff to Rafa Cabrera Bello, who we didn't really touch upon uh, at the Dundonald Links, which is another Kyle Phillips design. Um, he, he's just, he's a guy as a junior that was, there was a lot expected of him. People really thought he was going to come through, and I think people wrote him off pretty quickly. Then he goes and wins in Cyprus two years back now or a year and a half back and he was pretty miserable after that like everyone expects that to be the coming out party and it wasn't and here we are again with him at 7100 um very very inconsistent like i think that the the betting upside is, is better than the fantasy play um but i think there's enough value right you know you look at the 37th at the andalusia masters 17th portugal 31st dubai championship like he's been Solid enough, 39th by the Alfred Dunhill link. So he's been solid enough just to, to plug him in there at the, at the 7,100. I'm pretty sure he can uh, compete on a link style layout. The three golfers, I'll quick mention again down in this range. I think uh, if I'm building, you know, kind of a player pool out, again, it's very heavy to this guys up top. And it's going to be in, in those uh, 7K range here. Julian Brunn is 7,200, exceptional challenge tour year. Uh, really like kind of his consistency that he showed. Um, I think going back through here, we mentioned Hao Tong Lee, of course. Um, Fjordbjorn Olsson, I think, was very close to being on uh, betting cards for me. You know, if you looked again at extended links play and extended this location of the world play, he does kind of fit both of those got the weight lifted off his shoulders with the allegations now dropped. Um, so maybe he has kind of a renaissance year looking at Matthew Jordan is arguably one of the sneakiest best links players that exists out there. Um, he's done it since challenge or even getting starts. Um, you know, I can remember him at the Alfred Dunhill championship doing well, but I could never get Matthew Jordan, right? So I would kind of plant my flag with some of the other guys around there. And that brings us into the, oh, one more at 7K. Um, another golfer that closed out the end of the year with a win was Daniel Van Tonder. He They did play that final uh, event of the South African swing with just the Sunshine guys. He kind of ripped uh, your hearts out a little bit on that last hole, beating Oliver yeah. Becker with that uh, long birdie putt. I apologize for bringing that one up. But the 6K that one hurt. I think the six K's are incredibly interesting. We both have standout picks to start this off. If you can give us your bull case for the last golfer on your betting card. Uh, so this guy is, is going to be in a lot of lineups. If you read a lot of, uh, you know, British content. And I think, you know, in terms of it, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to work it out that Joachim Lagergren is excellent at the Dalfred Dunhill links. He's got three top, three finishes or top four finishes uh, at the Dunhill Links. He won that Sicilian Open in 2018, which is a Phillips course, 10 under at Kings Barnes in 2019. Uh, so absolutely love Joachim Lagerin. Um, it does say out next to his name. I'm pretty sure that is from when he withdrew in South Africa to yes, get home. Yes, correct. He's got a tea time, yes. So do not worry about Joachim Lagerin, 6,800. He's brilliant. You don't need, to, as you mentioned off the top, I don't think you need to worry about ownership. Just play him, put him in there um, because he is going to, he should be good. I, I don't really see any downside to Joachim Lagerin in that price. Yep. Exceptional putter. Um, our man Stewie, shout out Stewie on a big 2021. Um, I know he had uh, a huge hit at the Yahoo Fantasy Football Finals. So congrats to Stewie. Asked about Laporta. He'd be one I'm probably skipping in this range. Uh, I just much prefer some of the other guys that we mentioned. Kanaya, you said Maronk, um, Braun, Hautong, Shinkwin uh, to Laporta. But for me, you know, there's a lot of talk on challenge tour guys um, that are having the graduation. Unfortunately, not many of them did get in this field, um, but we went in pretty depth about some of the top guys to kick off that first event in South Africa. And this was somebody I bet there, somebody I think is going to be a huge success on this season. And it's Frederick LaCroix. 
Um, he finished the year on the challenge tour with the second, fourth, 28th and fifth and second. He did not get over the line in any of his 29 challenge tour starts over the last two years. However, he did win his first ever professional start as well as two other times on the Alps tour. You know, who's the three-time winner on the Alps tour? Guido Migliazzi. You know what this kid can do? He could break onto the scene just like he did at the Joburg Open, finish fifth. He was ripe to take Thriston Lawrence 10 shot lead if you gave him 36 more holes. Um, but oh, I he's think, for him. yeah, I really think his approach numbers were great. Um, he was really in the mix there. He's 250 to one. I think a top five or the top 10 there is something I am absolutely intrigued on 6,900. I prefer him to Marcus H Marcus. Yes. Marcus. Yeah. I prefer him to him. However, I think both are great DraftKings plays there. Uh, my pick of the litter in the top of the six case would be looking into those guys. Um, quick run through again. So I want to stick like two more minutes before we wrap up here um, in the six case. I'll, I'll, I'll scroll through the chat. If there's any other questions, um, do you have anybody else in the six case that stands out? Elikilda. Um, I think the fact that he played so well at that Dutch Open really had actually a chance to win there, and that was a Carl Phillips design. Obviously, limited sample size. Don't want to put too much weight into that. Um, but I think, you know, make a pick between one of those two and put them in. I did like Lucas Beauregard, but I think that he's pulled out. I, I, I think that that's happened. Um, I, I translated roughly a, a Danish tweet on Twitter because I tried to find him. He was he was close to 800 to one on our exchanges. No, no tea time. Correct. He's no tea anywhere. He's um, out of so... Do not play Lucas Beauregard, despite the fact that he would have been a very good play. Um, 6K range, uh, Christopher Broberg. I think that his his form has been kind of, you know, he had that win and everyone's kind of forgotten about him again. And I think he's he could be quite sneaky. Um, interesting to see how Jackson Bra gets on. He plays his part of the world well, um, obviously coming off the long layoff. But I don't think you need to go this low. Yeah, um, Seb Max says, any chance Andrea Pavan has found his off the tee game like Hao Tong Lee? Um, I hate to say this, but probably no chance. <laughs> no, um, he, I think it's, he, I think he's it's not injury. sporting new glasses, it's injury related, yeah. Though. Like, he, he just physically cannot swing it like he used to, still battling out there. But yeah, Andrea Pavan, um, will be off long shot thoughts, Pablo Latharable. Um, I actually think that's kind of interesting because somebody who can get really hot with a short game is somebody like Pablo, um, his price, how cheap is he? He's 6,600. That's not bad. Another question was about Sharma who's 6,600. He's probably, uh, talented more than some of these guys in this range from the upside that we've seen. So I could see Sharma being a decent selection here. Broberg. I liked that. I loved how he closed the year. Matthew Southgate. If you're looking at that links angle is, um, interesting. It's crazy to see Sammy Valamaki falling off so much 6,300, 500, to one we know that he won in the wind in oman that really really windy day but um can't really take the risk there i would actually think about maybe thriston lawrence at 6200 after he did have that short win that was uh there he's going to be in all these events um i think he has some talent that's cheap Outside of that, man, I think we're we're drawing kind of straws here at the end. I just lean those challenge tour guys up there at the top. Um, if somebody... I was to go to Lara Farpool, I think if I was going to do anything, I would bet him. Like I yeah. don't think I'd put I don't think I'd put him in. And you know, this guy beat uh, Rory McIlroy and Phil Mickelson to win this tournament back in 2014, which is probably what prompted the question, right? Yeah. Um, and he's and he's had some other top finishes. I think two more top tens. Uh, in that range, I just I can't trust it. Like the the guy is an absolute head case. Um, yeah. So yeah, and definitely um, don't play Andre Pavan. Yeah, for sure. Magnus uh, or wait, no, uh, they someone asked about Oliver Becker. Unfortunately, he's not priced in DraftKings. I would have actually played him. Um, he's three hundred fifty to one. I don't think he's bettable, um, but I, I think he can make the cut here and play well. The you know Connor Seam at sixty one hundred just feels weird, um, but. I just, I never, never really trust him no matter what. Um, one of our favorites um, that you had talked kind of when he came back from injuries, I'm excited to see Jack Singh Brar. He's done well in this area of the country before, or this area of the world in the past. He's 6,200. 
Um, so I don't think it's the worst fire. And the last one that I'm going to mention is you're not going to get me out of here without talking about Josh Hill, the stud amateur who's at 6K flat. Um, he won the event, I believe, to qualify into this the amateur event. We've heard the stories of him in the past playing nine holes with Brooks Kepka and beating him. Um, you know, he just has not the highest of, of Wagger rankings because he's just not in any really big events. But kid has some talent, very young, speculative. I, I'm probably not playing him, but um, I think that puts a bow on covering about 60% of this field, Tom. Um, if there's anything else that you have on it, if not, I think we can wrap with our betting cards. I think anything else would be uh, progress by analysis, right? I, I I don't want to try and get too far into it. Um, I like the fact you mentioned Josh Hill there. I think you know he's won on the golf course, and you know not many people have played it, so that's uh, that's a nice thing to do. But yeah, I I just don't like in terms of DraftKings. I don't. I am not going to go and tell you that anyone under sixty five hundred is is actually a, a sharp play, right? Like I just. Broberg would be my cutoff, really, and anything under that, I'd be pretty frightened. Jeff Windsor played pretty well for for long stretches last season and, and plays okay in his part of the world. Um, but yeah, ev everyone else kind of frightens me, and, and there's a lot of guys I like. But uh, yeah, I, I think you just need to really focus down, pick your guys like you know you put your your flag on on Tommy Fleetwood. I think I would go with T uh, Tyrrell Hatton, um, and then you just got to build it from there, right? And and you've got to get, you have to get those guys right they're the ones that you've got to be focusing on you've got to pick between the top three and, and make some lineups with those as well um and, and just get a differentiator in in the 8k range or just avoid it altogether because that isn't a bad formula either i don't think yeah 100 um final comment that i see here um is from trevor he said this you know show felt more DraftKings heavy is that going to be the case moving forward love the show appreciate the comment uh we'll see you know we're going to play it kind of by ear uh, maybe some of these bigger events where we do get rewarded with you know decent DraftKings prizes can be something that we talk more dfs kind of depends on when we are recording um because if those salaries I think, are getting released but i think either I think way so. it would be like a a deeper in-depth rundown of guys that we may like but not bet if the salaries are not it's definitely felt a bit more DraftKings heavy and i think the the reason for that is because all of our shows last year were on a monday evening when the yeah. salaries might not necessarily have been out um and and we're very you know keen on getting our bets out there um it, it's a tuesday evening uh you know it's a, it's a big tournament it's where you can start getting guys and have you know comments on people at 6800 7500 that are, that are interesting so uh going forward it won't be as heavy as this every week right i think like you say it just depends on on i think we're not you're not going to lose the betting side of things that that is yeah. that's what started the show so do not worry about that um sky will still be betting 400 to 1 15 year old amateurs uh from norway and uh, and i'll still be betting 10 to 1 favorites to lose so um you know it yeah I don't think there's any worries there if that's what they're worried about. I think it's just nice to be able to get a balance of both formats. Yep. Amen. Uh, we'll go out on that note after we run through our betting card. So who is on your list? Yep. So for me, I'm, I'm starting with Thomas Peters. Uh, I think it's about 35 to 1, maybe 40 to 1 still available. Uh, Adam Scott, I was interested at 50 to 1, less interested at um, 35. Uh, How Song Lee, 100 and whatever he is now for you guys, um, still about 120 over here. Cameron Shinkwin, same sort of price. And Joachim Lagergren has been steamed into, um, but I do still think there's some value there as well. Yep. Um, I am on Tommy Fleetwood, 28 to 1. Min Woo Lee, 35. Bob McIntyre, 40. With you with How Tong, 125 to 1. Guido Migliazzi, 161. That feels good, 160 to 1. And That's going to feel good after 16 to 1 for the other tournaments we've been doing it. Yes. And then Frederick LaCroix, 250 to 1. You're going to mix in a top 10 um, on him too. But thank you all so much for tuning in. This was a fun first show. It's a great way to kick off the season. Uh, appreciate everybody hanging in chat. Tom, where can they find you on the socials again? Yeah, so it is Tom Jacobs 93 on Twitter. Um, this is obviously our this is my DP world content. This is where it starts and finishes. Uh, so really pumped that this is uh this is back on on a Monday or Tuesday, depending on what times we can do it. Um, but otherwise do a lot of stuff for, for Odd Checker for the PGO tour as well. Um, but yeah, over to you again, Scott. 
Yep. And make sure Lost for Words, Tom's podcast, uh, multiple shows yes. per week out now um, with Jason and, and Bradley Todd. Um, and then who's who's doing the DK show with you now? It's uh, Matt, Matt Nsenzi yes. from Golf WRX. So, yeah, we, we've started the DraftKings show. Uh, that is, at the moment, PGA Tour only. Um, yep. Whether whether the world comes into it, I think we maybe just keep it between me and you on this show for now um, and look at that in the future. But, um, yeah, no, lots of stuff here. Two really good tournaments this week. Interesting to uh, bet on. And uh, it's good to be back, man. It's good to see you. It is. And I appreciate you. It's late night over there. You know, it's 1130. Um, you know where you are. So I appreciate all the time for producing back there, our man. Uh, we really thank you. It's good to get the band back together and let's hit a winner to start the year. Thanks guys. 